Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We got a great show for you. Full Monty for you. Not the full crew. My man uh, Hard is still on vacation, uh, but you're in good hands. We'll get into some big news, breaking news. On the 40 acres, a bit of shocking news as well when it comes to Texas baseball. Uh, also, we'll talk some Texas football, most indispensable players uh, for Texas football this upcoming season. Also, the biggest trap game on the schedule via Athlon Sports. We'll talk about their latest commitment that they got on the O-line. Shout out to the Pancake Factory. Also, uh, we'll get into uh, the latest attendees for the Big 12 Conference, which we will be uh, attending the Big 12 Conference Media Days. We'll get into that, too, coming up uh, we go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll also talk Astros, Ghost Rolls, and Rangers as well. And we'll get into uh, the uh, we'll get into the Yankees. Big news from the Yankees as always seems to be big news from the Yankees. Uh, but history made. We'll get into that too uh, coming up in the next segment when we talk Major League Baseball. Uh, there may be a scandal brewing for the Georgia Bulldogs back-to-back uh, college football champions, uh, but they got some dirt, don't we all? We'll get into that too coming up a little bit later on. We'll go NFL news notes and nuggets in the top of the four o'clock and we'll go NBA discussion in the top of the six o'clock the Wimby effect in full effect in San Antonio all that more before we do let's introduce you to the rest of the crew he's one of the hardest working members for the Aryan family he's got a hustler spirit period we don't know what he's paid we do know he's underpaid and he's known as the idealionaire on the show as well it's Patrick Davis y'all what's going on Patrick I'm doing good did you see the basketball hoop went up outside today no, I did not see the it. basketball hoops up at the office now. Wow! Okay. So I'm gonna have to go put up some shots between uh Line and some serious tonight. I was thinking you 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 up here early too, so you might be able to do it like as exercise during the day. But then you're sweating and you gotta. That's what's take I'm gonna wait till wait till seven o'clock. We get off the air here, and then I got an hour between this and Instant Serious, <laughs> and I should do more show prep. I'm probably just gonna go shoot some hoops. You know, uh, then nobody will be offended by the smells of you just, yeah, just sweating the, well, for I'm an just hour out there. in this room there. too. It'll, it's really whoever has to be in this room next. <laughs> The little tiny. But don't have time to air out. No, it's just going to make this room. <laughs> we'll see if it stays overnight and tie in the morning. We'll be like, what happened in here? No, no, no. I because I feel you on that. I mean, I'm I'm a sweater. Like it's uh, trust me, I sweat all the time. I usually I got to end up taking two shots. I'm like man, I just sweat too much. I have like a, some meetings during the day. I have stuff I have to do during the day, and I'll by one p.m. like man, I gotta go home and take a shower. Yeah. I think I've literally sweat through this outfit that I got, and I I don't feel fresh enough. I don't feel fresh enough. No, right. that's how I was going on vacation. That's, that's, and it was like, all right, so you have to pack, and then you're like, man, I'm sweaty. I got to like cool down, and then loaded the car, and then had to take a shower before going on vacation. Exactly, because you were like, I'm drenched. Yeah, no, I've already taken one shower today. I'm probably going, obviously, going to take another one. But trust me, if I had stuff to do, it's it's possible you could end up with a three shower day. Two shower days in the summer for me, and that's from H Town, so that's just always the case. You just sweat too much, and listen, there's nothing more. Hey, let's talk about social contracts for a second then. You know, before we get into Texas, go behind the burn on the curtain, you know, Texas baseball. Let's talk about social contracts. Because, first of all, some people violate social contracts and it has no effect on them. It does not weigh on their conscience. And good for you. We call oh, those people a-holes. Yeah, right? not good for you. <laughs> Bad for you. Uh, an example of social contracts are lines. Now we've all agreed, hey, we're in a line First person that comes, you get the service or the product, whatever, because there's a line here. We're civilized, okay? That's that's probably the most basic social contract that we all do our best to to, to abide by. I do have a caveat for this now, though. Oh, you don't like the line? No, 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 no. So after COVID, bars, like during COVID, everybody had lines at bars. Instead of everybody belling up to the bar, Uh, not safe, everybody would do a line. Then I've gone to bars now, and there will be a line and a whole empty bar <laughs> and one line. And I'm like, y'all, we can get up to the bar again, man. Belly up to the bar. Get up to the bar, Come man. Come on, hey, man. This Go is compete. We're Go not compete. doing a line. I'm not standing 12 feet away from the bar right now <laughs> waiting in a line. Nothing more annoying than having to compete for a bartender's attention. Oh. Like, oh, especially when there are hot women around. I'm a, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a decent looking black man. But trust me, when it comes to trying to get bartender's attention, now if there's a little hottie back there, I got a shot. Yeah. But in the heyday, when you're going out, all right, when you're doing your thing, that is a competition we all can relate to. You have to go compete for the bartender's attention, and well, it's tough. Well, no, and then it's like you go to a bar that you've been to for a while, and then there's a new bartender, and you're like, well, now i got to tip the crap out of this person yeah, you the get next to know four one. times That's the so that they know. That hey, they're like, me. hey, man, I tip well. I hook you up. 
I tip well. I'm worth me. I'm worth me. I'm worth your attention. Yeah. Yes. If you if you blow me <laughs> off, you, that's like two less beers, which is like three or four dollars less you're getting on your tip. That's true. No, no, I agreed. I, I, I've always I was always that guy. I'm like, listen, one time me and a bartender started vibing. Yeah. Hey, listen, you're gonna get a hell of a tip, and just know know my name and know when you see me, so I can uh, I can approach you by name, and yeah. then you can go like, hey, that I will pro- you will prioritize me. Yes. at that point. Now, trust me, we all had that time. I don't I don't know any bartenders these days, but I still know a few. Hey, <laughs> go. Patrick Moore, uh, but in my heyday. But also, that's getting back to the social contract thing, right? That's you know, that's those are social little social contracts at work there. Uh, even tipping, actually, is a, kind of a social contract yeah. these days. It really is. Like some people base fifteen percent, and some people decide, hey, you no, know, fifteen percent, you got to earn it, fifteen percent. And that's kind of where we're as a country. I worked in the service industry, so I'm kind of a base fifteen percent guy. You gonna get that from me. Um, you got to earn the rest of it. Yeah, but I get right, what's it. your what's your thought process on tipping for things that didn't used to have tips? Oh yes, I, this is a new thing. When they're like, yes. "Hey, would you like uh, your pickup order?" and you're like, I- "I'm going to drive down there. I'm going to go pick it up. I know service really required." And yeah. they're like, "Cool." So you want to tip twenty percent? You're like, "Whoa!" I I don't uh, even mind throwing you a dollar. I know, but you want twenty percent for nothing? And the upset the upsetting thing about that is they want that you if you order online usually you do that beforehand. Before you even get the yeah. service, so and you, you know they, they know. <laughs> and my, and my, my hope is that they see the generous tip and go, "Hey, let me really pay attention to this order and make sure it's right." Hook them up. That's the hope, but that's not. <laughs> that's like a. That's like you got a fifty-fifty shot at that being the yeah. case. Somebody that's who if you've ever, if you've ever hired a contractor for anything, you know that is not the way. If you pay a contractor <laughs> up front, your house ain't getting done for a year. <laughs> You yeah. gotta, you gotta make them want that money. That's 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 different. That's an actual contract that they just want to be. I know there are just obviously nightmare stories about that. But another kind of social contract is, you know, I mean, it, say you're somebody's getting on the elevator right before you, and the elevator starts to close. The expectation is, I'm like, oh, you will at least hold the elevator for me. Yes, social contract, right? Just like the line, um, a door, same thing. You don't let you don't let the door slam in somebody's face. They're right behind you. No. Yeah, it's even more than for men. It's more chivalry too. But if somebody's walking right behind you, you don't just let the door slam. You usually, you know, put the foot, put a foot there to hold the door open, or put your hand there to hold. You know, that's just a social contract thing. Um, what's the most violated social contract on the books today among our, you know, among us, us citizens in our society? What is it? I, I tell you what I think it is. No, Joe, I think what I think it is right now. It's, <laughs> it's. Driving fast in the left hand lane. Yeah. Passing in the left hand lane. The left hand lane should be for passing. If you're moving, go ahead. That's the left hand lane. Yeah. It's for you. If not, get the hell over. To me, in terms of who violates the rules of our, our social contract of our society the most, that is the most violated one. And it's like, why the hell are you in the left hand lane if you are not? Passing or or the fastest driver on the road. If you're not, you need to get the hell off the road. That's literally those are the rules. You should, you need to be paying attention to your surrounding. If somebody's moving faster behind you, get the hell over. All right, they they are the ones saying so. They're dictating the tempo. Hey, you are no longer dictating the tempo. I, you cannot decide that uh, freeway and roadways and highways. Hey, I can drive anywhere. That is not the case. There's a social contract that dr- the left lane lane is for passing. All right, and if you're in the left hand lane and somebody's behind you, then get the hell over. They're passing. Well, for the record, you want that too because you want saying. somebody going 95 miles per hour in front of you because yes, they're going to attract. The, yeah, they're the you rabbit. rabbit. Everybody you always that. And you're like, cool. If I go 85, I know 95 is ahead of <laughs> get me. Get over. As Let long me. as I can see them, I can go pretty fast. We all benefit. Yes, we all benefit from you it's abiding by the social contract. Come on, get the hell over. That's mine. That's so. Sorry. You just how many times? <laughs> how many times in a month do you George Costanza in and just do the? We're, we're living, living in, in a society. society. <laughs> yeah, I was literally thinking about it, Patrick. Yes, I know we've been hanging around each other too much. <laughs> I was literally thinking about it too. We're living in a society. What are you doing? Come on, get the hell over. <laughs> We're everybody's 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 got somewhere to go. We all got somewhere to go. We all got to be there at a certain time. All right, we're all in this thing together. It's a it literally is a rat race. We're in it together. Yeah. Most of us, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of downsides. There's some good. Hey, we just try to make it work. All right. Abide by the social contracts, man, and make it easier on everybody. I see a uh, texter says, "I like Ike. It's the courtesy wave, Rod. Yes, you're right. It also up there in the top three is courtesy wave. Yeah. 
If I decide to let you over in traffic, all right, I make your life easier. I decide to sacrifice for the good of society and to help you. And I don't get a courtesy wave? Oh. Wait, wait, oh, I, I thought we were living in a society. Are you serious? You can't even just lift your hand so oh. I can see it? I do like a, I do a, I do a three-part courtesy wave. I do the wave when I'm pulling in. And then when like traffic starts to move better and you're going, I give another wave. Another- <laughs> and then like if you see me, you're like, that, no, we're good. You're like I'm like a stalker. You every window that you're going to see me in, you're going to wave for each window you're seeing me in. You start stalking a base and you're like, hey, hey. And I just thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm so, come on, man. Courtesy wave, guys. A shout out mm-hmm. to my man, Trey Ellie. All right, made his damn Twitter handle. He was so <laughs> passionate about the courtesy wave. Give a courtesy wave. Come on. Somebody let you over. Be thankful for that. That is a person who has decided not to be an a-hole when it seems like most people in today's society have decided, you know what, it's easier to be an a-hole. Yes, it is. It is. It is. I will, I will grant you that. It is easier to be an a-hole. But let's all struggle. But we're living in a society. We're living in a society. Let's struggle. Let's struggle <laughs> to try to, to guard against the a-hole, the inner a-hole in all of us. Yeah. We all got one in us. It usually wins when we're in the airport. <laughs> airport is one, yeah. Airport is hard. It's hard for every everybody's in a, in a hole at the airport. Everybody is. Yeah, at the airport, if you see it's, a line where someone's not paying attention, and you see that gap in the line, <laughs> like, I'm going. and you know, you know, it's a gap in the line. Ninety <laughs> percent of you is like, hey, I'm, I'm going. I, hey, if I just cut right in here, this person don't get. Who's going to stop me? Because they're not telling him. Hey. Like they've already not told him that he needs to scoot up. Exactly. Some, so, somebody has hinted. No one, no one in here, no one in here is going to do this. Yeah. So I'm, it's up to me. I got to take care of me now. <laughs> that's that. Everybody knows the airport. That's that's where manners go to die. Yeah. <laughs> manners go to die at the airport. So try to you. You can be a good person at the airport. Then God bless you. All right. That's when I try my best. I'm like, no, be a gentleman at the airport. Try to help people out. You know what I mean? Look out for people. All right. Anyway, I think that was Rod's rant. No need for Rod's rant today. <laughs> Started off the show with it randomly. Started off the show. Uh, Someone was driving 55 in the fast lane on the way to the office today. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. And, is of course, it, these traffic things, don't judge people. Don't profile them based on their cars. And then I would say road rage leads to accidental racism. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. I, t- I told you my tip for road rage. Oh, just yeah. do it. Just it's do a voice. It's just brilliant. do a funny voice when you're yelling at somebody, and you'll get you'll yell like you'll still get mad. But if you do a funny voice when you're doing it, like I'll just do English accent because then it's just a silly. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Oh, pardon me, sir. Could you not? Could you not be the worst type of person <laughs> in the whole universe pulling in front of me with no turn signal whatsoever? <laughs> You do that, and then like a minute into it, you're laughing because you're like, this is the dumbest thing. Because you, exactly. You have exposed the idiocracy of yeah. road rage because it does it, it, nobody benefits from it. But yeah. right, that actually, at least you'll laugh. At least you'll gain, you'll get yes. some joy from it. And hard to switch from road rage to joy, but that's a great way to do it. So you got to train yourself. Mine would train be your Jamaican. Brain. I'd probably go some Jamaican, Jamaican accent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? Got me off my mind. Nah, you can you cut go. a wrestling promo if you Terrible. want to. Do your wrestling voice on it. Tell him I got to drop an elbow from the top rope. It's all, it'll all work. <laughs> That's how it all works. Um, all right. I'll read some of your, your guys' responses uh, at the end of this segment. We'll get to some of that because I know you guys have responded. So I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there with me. Okay. Let's get to the big news because uh, this was a little bit surprising, if not shocking. Uh, Texas baseball. Uh, is reportedly, based on the Kendall Rogers report from D1Baseball.com, they are parting ways uh, with their pitching coach, Woody Williams, after just one season. Uh, The former San Jacinto uh, College assistant replaced Sean Allen, who left Texas after the 2022 season after spending five years on David Pierce's staff as the pitching pitching coach. Um, And Kendall Rogers also (laughs) um, points out that the Hoans were 10th nationally in terms of team ERA, uh, 4.18 clip. Um, so Pierce will be basically trying to hire his fourth pitching coach since he's been head coach. And, of course, it'll be his third in three years. I guess he likes doing job interviews. Um, yeah, I... That's I mean I I don't I'm I'm assuming this was just a chain this was just a disagreement in philosophy of some kind. 
Yeah, I know. I believe they weren't. I mean, it's PG. they were. They, I saw that uh, apparently he only had a one year deal. So this is not something where they're necessarily even firing him and got to pay him out. It was just a if he had a one year deal, then it was a trial run for a year anyway, I guess. Yeah. And it didn't work out, but okay, that's you know you can justify that. That's just um, I mean that's a lot of turnover, but they've still been able to win games. I mean, even uh, despite that kind of turnover with the pitching staff, still been able to win some games, uh, but it's interesting that uh, that change is being made for Texas baseball. So I'm sure we'll see some more reports about maybe what prompted it, um, what the reason may have been, but right now um, that's all the information that we have. And Murray just rebuilt the coaching staff. He did. I know that. Just last offseason. I, I, know, right? I know Harge just tweeted out a few minutes ago, that he wouldn't be surprised if they tried to bring Tulo back into the mix, mm. uh, considering he didn't go anywhere last season, that that may be somebody they reach back out to and see if he was has any interest in coming back. So, I mean, this may be something of, you know, and you may look at some old names too, but it it, it seems that every offseason is going to be a <clears throat> is going to be a journey with David Pierce. Um okay, can I tell you this is Listen, I, I I like David Pierce. Let me just throw that right now. I like Coach Pierce. I think Coach Pierce has done a damn good job. Yep. And I was informed by some behind the scenes. Remember the Austin Business Journal article that we pointed out about NIL compensation and it had Texas 10th? Uh, and they did say in the article, and I mentioned that, that, that it was limited information they were working with. They didn't have all of the yeah. NIL records and all of the deals. They had a limited amount of information, and they did the article based on the information they had. They did a good job, though. Um, and I love Awesome Business Journal, too. Um, but, yes, the there are powers behind the scenes that are making that are working to make these NIL deals private. And, actually, I think the new law um, actually helps them um, in, in a lot of ways. So there are kind of new privacy uh, statutes in the new law. Uh, that help NIL, so you won't. They won't just be public record. All of these deals, some of them are because maybe the companies want them to be, um, but not all of them. And I was informed by somebody who is well connected behind the scenes with Texas baseball. The Texas baseball is not tenth in, in terms okay. of NIL fundraising. Um, now maybe some of these people look at composition, compensation, and fundraising as different things, um, but in terms of fundraising, they were in the top five. Like they were. Um, and, and, you know, they were doing really, they were doing pretty well. So I just throwing it out there so people are well-informed that I did get, you know, did somebody hit me up and was like, hey, man, it's name 10th <laughs> in terms of fundraising. So there are people working hard behind the scenes uh, with Texas baseball. But I will, this is the point I want to bring up. I, I talked about this actually when we were discussing Texas, no, Texas, Texas, Oklahoma, actually, and going to the SEC. I brought up this very same conversation. Um. You know, Oklahoma football, I'm not sure how good they're going to be. I mean, I think that you know, Oklahoma's one of the historically great football programs in this in this country. Hell, they're, they're a better football program than Texas. That's just the reality of it. Sorry, I know that's offensive, but that's just the truth. And, you know, I brought up that I don't know if Brent Venables is going to be able to live up to expectations there in Oklahoma. Because when you think about it, the odds and the probability – of Oklahoma hiring three Hall of Fame coaches in a row who were considered top five coaches in their profession consecutively? I mean, <laughs> I mean, how many times that happened at the college or the pro level with any organization? The Steelers were the one great example that was brought up, and they did it, all right? That with Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower and then Mike Tomlin. It's really tough for any organization or program to hire three Hall of Fame coaches in a row who are considered to be like top five, top ten in their respective industry, uh, basically within a couple of years of them being hired. Texas is hired, like basically went two. Like Texas, yeah. that's you know. I mean, I, I, I so I, I'm, I'm not saying that Coach Pierce is not going to be awesome and great, but same thing I said about Brent Venables. I don't. I mean, is it possible that he's good, but just not a Hall of Fame top five coach? And maybe that's the pressure. Is that following one of the goats? You know, I mean, you know, I mean that maybe 
it's just really tough to live up to whatever that standard is. They always say you don't want to follow a legend. You want to be the person that follows the guy that follows a legend? It is. But, I mean, (laughs) we talk about this in football. The standard is the standard. And Texas baseball has a very high standard. At what point, and I know this is a rebuilding year, so it's not, like, I'm not, because I think David Pierce has done a great job in a lot of what he's done in coaching. Like, it, it, you, uh, if you want to take away, you know, where some people may have different opinions of him personally or where some people don't appreciate his changes in coaching staff, mm-hmm. on the field product, he's put out a good product year after year. But if the standard's the standard and he is not getting to have that breakthrough year yet, is there going to be a point where people say, well, we know he's really good, but we need great because the standard at Texas is greatness. Exactly. It's like, the, what's the breakthrough? Winning a national title. Yeah, it's like, well, exactly. That's, no, and that's, like, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is, so that's, that's the, the question, though, is if, if that's the standard is yeah, where at what point is there. That's their standard. And so that's the, that's the, where it is with David Pierce. When you talk about anything of you know them possibly moving on, and I, again, not this year, I don't think any reason to do that, but – if you talk about it in any offseason, it's not going, wow, what a bad coach, or he's failed miserably. It's like, no, the standard is just unbelievably high. And when you talk about Venables at Oklahoma, you're like, the standard is just unbelievably high, and you're about to go to a new conference, and you're about to add all these things onto it. Are you going to be able to, even if you're winning 10 games a year, how long is Oklahoma going to be okay with that, winning, or winning nine games a year? And you go, are they going to be happy with nine wins? Yeah. Or do you have st- five straight winning seasons and they go well we're not playing in a january bowl game so you're fired no they were listen they were getting antsy about bob stoops late in his career yeah because they big game bob couldn't win the big game yeah. that was the irony of the nickname but he won a national title so that cemented him and then lincoln riley even though he's producing number one overall picks and got them in you know multiple heisman finalists at the quarterback and winning the big 12 i mean just yeah, uh, to the point where it's almost embarrassing for every other team in the, in the big 12 uh, yet still they were like, hey man, when's the national title coming? Like, when yeah. is it? I mean, you got to win a national title, and then all of it is considered retrospectively. We'll look back, and then all of your accolades and all of your accomplishments and achievements will be credited with a kind of new level of respect. And that had, didn't happen for him. He ended up going to USC because um, I think he's probably thinking to himself like, listen, here at Oklahoma, you got a lot of expectations. And maybe I don't have as many resources as I need to achieve the expectations here at Oklahoma. I can do that better at USC. Yeah. Because um, even Oklahoma has limitations. And he, want, he chose to go to another program where he felt had a better chance for him to reach the ultimate level, which is USC. And nobody disagrees. Yeah. Uh, so, but boy, I agree with you about David Pierce. I think he's in a situation where. The standard is a national championship at one point, and if you're not getting close to that, Texas baseball fans don't get satisfaction from just really successful seasons. Yeah, it, making it to a super regional, sadly, is not is thought of That's as a losing season for Texas. And uh, you can say again, this was a rebuilding season that the expectations were probably over. Like you probably went over them this year for rational expectations. Yeah. However, also that goes into with the transfer portal. There's never supposed to be a rebuilding year in sports ever again. That's that is another expectation now from people. Is oh no, there's a transfer portal. You should be able to get uh, the best name. LSU is not going to rebuild. We expect LSU to be in the national championship game every single year from here on out. There's no patience. And so now that that's a thing, there is Mm. no rebuilding anymore, and there's not. So as much as it is wholly, uh, you know, a unrealistic expectation that there's probably five to ten programs in college baseball that will say, if we don't win a national championship within the next four years, then we have failed. And that's ten schools saying that. So six of them, bar minimum, will be, will be disappointed. You, that's, the, that's the fact of people with a lot of money who are giving this money up at a certain point will get frustrated. And so we as fans who are not necessarily donating, we, we have a much longer leash. No, I think fans are patient, but I, I do, like I said, I, I think the standard for Texas baseball m- might be higher than any other standard for other than Tex- uh, whip- swimming and diving. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but other than swimming and diving, I don't know if there is a program on the 40 acres that has a higher standard for their 
program and for the winning and the actual, like I said, the the expectations yeah. for whoever is taking over. And, you know, I, like I, I think David Pierce is, is doing a good job, but good may not be good enough for a lot of Texas baseball fans. That's just a reality. And is that fair? No, that's not fair, but that is Texas in a nutshell. Like even CDC says, hey, man, I expect you to be top 10 every year. Um, Texas baseball top 10 this year? Like, I don't, I mean, so it's, like I said, the expectations are really high and, and no, it's not fair. Texter says here, Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer. Oops. Yeah. I mean, how many, think about it. Give me the example of the Steelers of a team or a program at highest levels in major sports somewhat. And, and we can be very, you know, generous with that definition that's hired three hall of fame coaches in a row and they're considered elite coaches like within their first two three years they're like oh no they're top five in this profession they're they're legit oklahoma as i said brent venables might be damn good i just don't think i don't know if he's good enough and i you know i like i said i, I think coach pierce is a great coach and here he's definitely got all the resources here at texas to achieve the ultimate goal and I think Texas baseball fans are just not patient, and I don't blame them because we live in a microwave society where you don't have to wait for a damn thing. And Patrick just mentioned the transfer portal, so there's not a lot of patience. Um, yeah, good is the enemy of great, Texture says. Yeah, that is also true. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that when, you, when the standard is the standard, don't let your expectations affect my standard, man. No, and I, and, but I mean, <laughs> and I think we saw this with Tom Herman to a point, too, was – all right, well, we see this and we see we see you're doing all these things, and we know what you can do really well. And we're willing to grow with you, but we need you to grow. And I think that's where people are with David Pierce is when we see guys getting let go year after year in this, and you see the same trends happening year after year, you'd like to see something change because if what you're doing isn't working at the level it needs to, then you'd like to see go – well, are we just going to hire a new coach every year and that's going to be the thing of that's why we did it? Is, are people going to keep leaving? Are people going to stay? Or th- I think that's where the story, when you saw it come out, was why it was so surprising. Is you said, okay, we, we went with you. You said, hey, these other guys, they want to go their own way. They're not happy with the way I'm coaching. I'm going to bring in some of my guys and we'll do this. And then we already know that, that Woody's gone. We, we've, there's reports that he may not be the only one who leaves. Hmm. So – I. I think that's where people may be frustrated is because it's just behind a wall that we don't know what's really going on. But when you look at it, it seems like that's the problem to have, you know, coaches continually rotate like that. It's uh, Yeah, no, it's a burnt orange curtain. That is a problem. No, that's obviously if you're rotating coaches a lot, there's something going on. No, unless you're Nick Saban. Right, you Nick Saban, you rotate coaches because everybody keeps poaching your coaches. Yeah, and that's great because you're having um, ultimate success. Uh, this is not that situation. Uh, texter here says we we are going to have to seriously step up our pitching game to remain competitive. Uh, with Wake Forest pitching lab, LSU, Florida, and Tennessee, we aren't even close to their pitching prowess. Um, so maybe that's a big part of it that they just way behind the times. Texter here also says, "Hey guys, what am I missing uh, with David Pierce? Why is everyone always hating on him?" He's been to the World Series three out of his seven years. Um, I mean, go and look at Augie Garrido's last 10-year stats. Yeah, but I think what Augie had is, you know, national titles on his resume. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when you win that. Like I said, Bob Stoops won a national title in his second year at Oklahoma. And then after that, the big game Bob thing became ironic almost. Yeah. Now, he was winning Big 12 titles, but not national titles. But he established the standard. And I always said about Mac Brown, Mac Brown became a prisoner of his own excellence. Yeah. After those multiple double-digit win seasons in a row, where they go nine double-digit win seasons in a row, Longhorn fans are going, okay, listen, I'm tired of the double digits. I need, to, I need more. I need a Big 12 title. I need a national title. Your double-digit wins don't impress me. I remember Mac Brown being on the hot seat winning double-digit games. Yeah. Because he's losing to Oklahoma, and Texas is not winning a, a Big 12 title. I remember that. I lived it. I was there. So... It's the same. You know, he's a prisoner of his own excellence, and I think that can become the case for you know maybe a lot of uh, like I said, Bob Stoops was like that too. He established no, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a national title, um, you know, caliber coach, and then after not winning national titles, 
Oklahoma fans are like, uh, come on, Bob, impress me. It's almost like when Russell Westbrook won the MVP in the NBA for averaging a triple-double in the first time since, what, Big O did it in yeah. the NBA. What, we're talking about 40, 50 years, something like that, whatever it was. Um, and then they did it the next year, and nobody gave a damn. He's like, yeah, we've seen that already. Do yeah. something different. Impress me. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. And that essentially is how kind of Texas baseball fans are. They're no. like, yeah, I'm not impressed with you going to the College World Series. I need a title. No. And after that, you're good. Yeah, if you look at what Steph Curry does on a nightly basis, people will look at Steph Curry now and go like, yeah, we get it. You hit threes at an unrealistic rate, and you're a great ball handler. <laughs> but we've you've done that for years. You already did it. So we, what's the next level? That's we and that's I think where David Pierce is hitting, and it's just every off season seems to have the stories that are negative, not positive. And when you're kind of walking that line, it, at least Augie Garrido, you had a lot more positive stories, and people were telling memories. And you could every off season you could you could sell the Kool Aid. David Pierce has done a god awful job of selling Kool Aid in Texas. That's true. That's I not, mean, you remember at strength. the beginning of the season, people wanted the panic button, and people wanted that. That was that. that was the level, and then he delivered. He did. But he won the Big Twelve. He wins the he wins the share of the Big, share 12, of the Big Twelve. Gets a super regional and is bad lighting away from possibly advancing in the super regional. <laughs> bad lighting. I like how you put that. You're right though. But yeah. that's the reality of it. So yeah. it's not like and you don't know if there's not bad lighting, Texas could have been in the game. I don't think they would have been, but they could have. You know, and so it's I get it that it's it's unrealistic expectations year after years, but at the same time, the standard is a standard. We talk about it. I, I've said it about Texas football. Like, don't let your expectations affect the standard. The standard is a standard. I know Sark had a good year last year, but still didn't necessarily meet the standard. He just had a good year. Just ask LSU fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's the same way. So, I, I, as I said, I do feel for Coach Pierce because in our realm, and so we deal with more fans, it may be considered ludicrous. He's like, man, what are you talking about? What do you define success as? Well, it's like Texas baseball fans, their definition of success is different than Texas basketball fans' definition of success. So, yeah. uh, I see why. And I wonder how much of this also is. Next year, you're going to the SEC. Yeah. Where all the big boys in college baseball are. And you've been playing in the minor leagues in the Big 12. Football and baseball. Yeah. It's like, so maybe there's pressure that, man, yeah. you better get it together. For, for Sark, what's the, what's the pressure on Sark this year, right? No excuses. Everybody wants to see him compete to win the Big 12. You can't win this league. How the hell are you going to win the most competitive league in the history of college football? You want to sell hope and change like Obama did? You better win the Big 12 this year. So Longhorn fans go into the, the SEC confident. If not, all that Twitter trash talk going on right now for Longhorn fans going to cease. <laughs> if, you go, if you go in there after winning eight games in the Big 12 and getting beat by BYU and some other teams. People going to have political stances against Elon Musk just yeah. to not be on Twitter no more. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I, it's, it, it ain't just David Pierce. No, no, Coach Pierce, you ain't by yourself. No. <laughs> you ain't by yourself at all. Because Sark about to get the heat if there's anything other than two losses on that schedule this year. Because that would mean they're not winning double-digit games, which means they're not competing for the Big 12. He's got two. We're going to give him two. <laughs> That's it. That's it. After two losses, he's going to get eviscerated by Longhorn fans. Yep. Because the expectation is, hey, yeah. we're the best team in the Big 12. I mean, I'll tell you, at one, at one loss, Longhorn fans are going to start looking through the want ads. See who's available and who they can oh, get. Oh yeah! And so, at two yeah. losses, we're putting an ad in the one ads. Yeah, you know, two losses. <laughs> two losses. fans are yeah. Two lo- and two losses. I think st- it depends on who the losses are and how how they happen. I think Longhorn fans are still going to stick with Sark. Like, hey, he got this. Um, if he gets the three, which means he's not going to win double digit games in the regular season, if that becomes the case, yes, that's when the discussion will be had on these airwaves and airwaves for every other podcast and show about Texas football. All right, so who's going to be the next guy? Like, who's the next up and coming coach who yeah. we don't get? And we want to avoid that conversation, having that conversation too much. Texas baseball fans, some of them want to have that conversation right now. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough job, man. Being the head coach of any program at Texas. But, hey. That's why it pays nicely. I believe Augie Garrido had the great quote, one of the um, Augieisms. The world is a, dev- a very different place for winners than it is for losers. Mm-hmm. So, just win, baby.
that's also a separate quote. That's Al Davis, though. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into some uh, Astros, Ghost Rules, and also uh, some Rangers on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Now on the horn, it is a new theme Thursday on Ball Don't Lie, which means my man Patrick plays jams. I'm supposed to give us clues and hints as to what the new theme of the day is. Ooh. Temptations? Heard the game from? Uh, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Okay, sorry. Mm. Mm. It's California Raisins, you know. That's <laughs> how we all fell in love with it. Oh, uh, yes. California Raisins. Um... <laughs> All right. I don't know what I got from the uh, clue here. You know, get get a couple in you. Okay. All right. We'll check on the uh, new theme of the day uh, from my man Patrick. Always done a great job, so we appreciate that. Um, all right. You can spec sex line. It's been lit lately. 512-337-3776 um, because of uh, all the discussions we've had. A ton of different discussions. So I apologize for being all over the place. Uh texter here uh, says that... Um, Basically, you know, and my man, shout out to my man Chan who says uh, Texas is a tough job, but it pays well. It does, but let's acknowledge that the expectation is really high at Texas. Um, one texter says uh, T Bone here says a little ominous that he fires Woody Williams on his anniversary hiring. Ooh, oh, oh yeah, on David Pierce's anniversary hiring. Yeah, right? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know if he was thinking about it. Uh, one texter also says Major League Baseball teams are starting to use and learn from Wake Forest Pitching Lab and analytics team. How do we compete with programs like that? I mean, maybe that's maybe that's part of the discussion that David Pierce wanted to have um, with Woody Williams about how they were going to compete going into the SEC. And I think I think a little part of this is going into the SEC next year. I mean, you got yeah. not next year, but two years from now, you know, and the next year in twenty twenty four, playing your. Uh, you know, your next season of, of college baseball um, in the SEC down the line, uh, that's got to play a role here, too. And, and, I mean, I could believe, too, there could be parts of it of, you know, even if you like the guy, if he can't bring in recruits because he's not the name that people want to play for, you may have to go get a name because you need the players. You can coach them up all you want, but sometimes you need to get a bigger name and get a name that people want to play for. Yeah, it may just be something where he just didn't have the big enough name. That could be, I mean, because college sports, a lot of it is about the big name in coaching. I mean, because, Tula was a yeah. big part of a lot of the guys wanting to play with a guy like Tulowitzki. Mm. And it was just, and it's, you know, it's completely arbitrary of his coaching, which I've, which we've heard was great. But it was, people wanted to play for a guy like that, so you, it was easier to get recruits. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, my man CB, pointed out, yes, this is seven years ago today, Mike Perrin hired David Pierce. And he also points out Coach Gus and Augie are two of the greatest college baseball coaches Ever. And Augie is considered the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my point. I mean, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm Texas to hit three Grand Slam home runs in a row with your hires. Yeah. Who does that? The Steelers did it. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Oklahoma's hoping Venables is that. But it's really tough to hit two Grand Slam home runs like that, basically Hall of Fame hires in a row. And so, like I said, that is not me knocking David Pearson saying he's not going to do it. Texas could be the first to do it because what starts here changes the world. My point is I'm a, I'm a probabilities, trends, patterns guy. You guys know that after now. I'm just telling you there ain't a lot of examples I can go out and give you of a team in any sport, major sport, that's hired three Hall of Fame coaches in a row. And Longhorn fans are hoping he's a Hall of Fame coach. Like that's what they're hoping for David yeah. Pierce because they're going from Gus to Augie to – David Pierce. Hard to get in the Hall of Fame without a championship. Exactly. <laughs> and I get 
unrealistic expectations, but the standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. We should make T-shirts. The standard is the standard. <laughs> standard is the standard. Um, yes, yeah, so Texas. My man CB says Texas just built a state-of-the-art player development facility. Oh, if anybody can do it, Texas can do it. Yeah. Um, but LSU is putting a lot of pressure on people, too, because we played the audio of Jay Johnson basically saying, in terms of college baseball, we run this. NIL-wise, national title-wise, it's us. We're the standard. Y'all all chasing us. That's, that's what he said it, and they actually <laughs> proved it on the field. And NIL-wise, they got three of them through the portal. And he's tell, he, made, he made a Suge Knight call to arms during the College World Series saying, if you want to get in the portal and you want to get paid for your services and you think you're good enough to play for the best college baseball team in the country, come to LSU. Hey, let's go look at that MLB draft <laughs> when this MLB draft happens. And I can tell you I'll have two of the top three at least. Exactly. And that's – that's hard to it's hard to argue. Hard to argue that. That's why Lincoln Riley can recruit any quarterback he wants in the country. It's like, yeah. oh, you want to be number one overall and be a Heisman finalist? You you want to see my resume? That's why it's a short choice and go anywhere in the country and recruit the best running back yeah. because anywhere in the world because he can go. Oh, you want to see my resume? Yeah, I'm sure too. You see that? I'm the best. Just just sit on just sitting on the couch, being like, oh, my phone's ringing. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a first round running back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hold up, Bijan wants. Hold up, Bijan want to talk to you. Hold up, Bijan. Hey, hey Bijan. Hey, talk to him. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. Like everybody can't do that. Rashard Trust can do that. He can sit on the. Uh, hey, you want to talk to both of the running backs that were drafted in the first round? Hold on, let me let me get them on a little conference call here for you. Hold on, Bijan, Jameer. Hey, oh, hey, y'all want to talk? I got a running back here, man. Hey, hey. I'm gonna show you some clips of Mel Kiper <laughs> saying that running backs should never be taken in the first round, and I'm gonna show you the two that I got in there. There you go. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's going to be really interesting that conversation. All right, let's get to the Rangers here really quickly and Astros really quickly. Uh, Rangers won ten to two. Told you the Rangers that first game against Detroit, they were just distracted, and then that was a wake up call. Them getting beat by uh, the Tigers in that first game, and the last two they've won. Um, that's their eighteenth, I think, double digit run game. Uh, they had fourteen hits, uh, but that wasn't the big story. Dane Dunning was the story. Uh, Dane Dunning threw. Hell, he, he, I don't know why they didn't just allow him to complete the game. He basically was one out away from a complete game. 100 pitches, allowed four hits, zero rocks, uh, 10 strikeouts, uh, pitched eight and two-thirds innings. He is 7-1 with a 2.69 ERA on the season. He might be the most, I don't know, unlikely story on the Rangers, and there are a couple of them, um, but – in terms of a pitcher, you know, he doesn't have like elite stuff, average velo, average spin rate. If you look at all the metrics, walks, uh, batters at an above average rate, or at least above the league average. And but he, he's got a you know good complement of pitches, knows how to change speeds and move the ball around. And he's right now, he did have a child this year, so maybe it's he's got that, I don't know, grown man. Daddy strength working, uh, but he actually had. I mean, he's having his best season ever. It's unbelievable. Opponents are hitting. How about this? They're hitting um, one ninety off his cutter. They were hitting two ninety three off of his cutter last season. Um, the slugging percentage uh, off of his cutter is around two fourteen, um, and he's got he's got four or five pitches that he uses that he's pretty good at, and maybe that's kind of the secret to him. Yeah. Uh, they, the Rangers do need some uh, some magic here to win the game. They're currently in the top of the ninth, down eight to three. Okay, well, against Detroit. So today may not looking as good. Did they start? That's a did they start? Did they start. They didn't start John Gray. They started Corey Bradford, didn't? Yes. They? See, that was the key. And he went four and a third and <laughs> yes. allowed three earned runs. So he had eight strikeouts, but three walks in that as well. So kind of just a wrap. I think pitching. they were trying to punt that game because John Gray was going to start it. Now they switched that and said John Gray's going to start versus the Astros. Okay, that makes sense because I think they want to get it's a, a bigger well in your divisional standings. The, exactly, you give up half a game against the Astros in a division. You give that's a full game if you lose a game against the Astros. Yeah, so they're yeah they're playing some chess here. They made that switch. So I, you know, that's nothing against Corey Bradford, but uh, John Gray was scheduled to start. He's going to start versus Houston uh, because yeah, they that's a really important series for the Rangers. This is, I mean, what's the last? This is the most important series for the Rangers since when? When's the last time they were good? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> no, seriously. With it, I, I, Rangers fans, Specs Exxon, 512 337 3776. Was Nelson Cruz still on the team? <laughs> right? Like, I'm serious. I, I want to know. I don't know. I'm asking. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pleading ignorance here. Uh, Rangers fans, this is the this series coming up versus the Astros is the most important series for the Rangers since. You're in first place. Was it still a five-game lead? Uh, on the oh, I, I, six-game lead. 
Six game Six game. Dude, you know, if you you win three games here. You have a nine-game lead. You have a nine-game well, lead. Well, and now you still the Angels, you'd still be yeah, around. Yeah, okay, then. depending on what the Angels and The do. Angels did lose but, again yesterday as well, so the Astros and Angels are bro, tied again this six is games this, back. If you want to make a statement, Rangers, this is well, it. And if you lose, you're only three games now. Exactly. That is a, that's a huge difference of, even if you just win the series, is a difference between seven and four. Bro, I, I don't know. I mean, you might have to go back, like, I'm serious, like five years or so. Eight, four, sorry. Five years or so when they had a series this big yeah. for the Rangers. I, I mean, I, I don't I know. I imagine, yeah. I, w- I would like to know, Rangers fans, let me know on Specs Text Line because this is a I- – I'm nervous as an Astros fan, so I know it's a big series for the Rangers because this is one of the first series going up in this uh, divisional series versus the Rangers, uh, their in-state rival, that I've been nervous about in a really long time. Even they, I'm not saying they haven't lost series versus the Rangers. They have. But I'm nervous about this one. Like, nervous, like, could be ugly. Because <laughs> um, the Rangers are a damn good team, man. And when they're focused – uh, they're one of the better. They might be the best offense in Major League Baseball. How about this little? Uh, just giving it a real quick. If you um, looking at some of the Rangers' uh, standout performance going into the All Star break, because I mean they got a, they gonna have four, three, four All Stars potentially. That does. Then I believe the All Star starters are being announced today. Oh, is it okay? I well, believe so. the Rangers might have three. Or I mean, I'm, I don't. I mean, Corey Seager, his man, he's batting three forty five now. Um, he's reached base in 18 straight games. Ranked second in uh, among players with at least 200 uh, plate appearances. Second in batting average. Uh, third in slugging percentage. Third in OPS. 48 RBIs in 49 games. Actually, now I believe, uh, and yeah, he's I mean, he's just he's just unbelievable. He's been great. And Adelis Garcia actually has been really good lately too. Um, he's now is the major league leader in RBIs with 66. Now, obviously, this is prior to what happened today because stuff is going on today. So, um, but man, he's been killing it too, and he's got 20 home runs already. He had. He, by the way, Al, uh, Garcia had three straight games with a home run, making it his career high and the longest home run streak by a Ranger uh, in 2023. And so, he got 20 home runs, man. He's on pace. Well, we're at the halfway point. He's on pace for 40 home runs. Yeah. No, they're having a great year. By the way, 2016 was the last time the Rangers had a winning season. So you would guess 2016 yeah. would so, be a roughly on, the last time that like they seven years there. ago. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Like, this, is a, this is a big. That's why I know they they made that change. Like no 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 no. This is a big. They don't understand how big of it a series it is. Uh, okay, we come back. Uh, we'll come, we'll take a break. Get the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful nine horn. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. Uh, That's my man Patrick uh, plays jams that are supposed to provide us with clues and hints that lead us to the uh, new theme of the day. And um, Okay. Cutting the deepest. Um, Okay. I'm not going to lie. It's not bringing me any closer to it right now. Here, one more. I I think the next one, I think we'll get there. Okay. All right. I'll figure it out. I'll do my best here. Uh, last last show, I lost my black card because didn't know that it was do the right thing. Um, I knew that it was a Spike Lee joint, yeah, but I did. I I, I failed to recall the actual title <laughs> of the film, so therefore lost my black card. That's all right. Uh, Flex, uh, go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. We'll get to this list uh, a little bit later on um, in the um, the week, but. I guess there's only one more day left. But I did see that there's a national ranking. The uh, Texas like uh, high school teams are being ranked nationally because there's a national high school football ranking. And uh, I just wanted to give you a couple of teams that may be ranked and where the highest Texas teams are ranked. 
Duncanville is the highest-ranked Texas team on this list, highschoolfootballamerica.com. Uh, they do rank national teams. They got them at number eight. Uh, they got North Shore at number 17, North Shore and H-Town. Duncanville, of course, uh, number eight. They got, um, if you go look at Katie at number 34, I think. Uh, DeSoto's at number 21. Um, sorry, it's a little scattered because it's like doing it real time. I'm going through the list. Uh, Westlake, the first flex area team, number 26 on this list. Uh, I'll go through all the, the teams later on, but the other flex team that finds itself on the list is uh, Lake Travis. They're at 106. Just trying to look for the flex area teams. And Vandergriff is at 65 nationally. Um, I'll go through this list a little bit more tomorrow in some more like detail uh, because I just found it. But there you go. Some flex area teams that are ranked nationally. Uh, Westlake being uh, the highest ranked flex team at 26th on this high school football America uh, dot com ranking. And like I said, the next one is Vandergriff, I believe, at 65. And then you have Lake Travis at 106. It's pretty damn good. I mean, I think it's they rank like 350 teams. Like I said, so I'll go through it tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a better breakdown on the Flex. All right, we come back. Also, go check out uh, the Flex uh, page, flxatx.com, and you can hear yesterday's Flex show uh, with the guys. It was really good. Had some great guests on there, including Adrian Wilson, who is the, uh, the wide receiver commit for uh, TCU, I believe. Uh, really good player. All right, we'll come back. We'll break uh, some NFL news notes and nuggets down for you right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.